Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. I don't want to have any barriers to getting started and having creative success. So my brand of simple is doing what really works for you and is uncomplicated. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 84. In this episode, I'm answering all of your questions about using, organizing, and decluttering your stash of scrapbook supplies. And when this episode goes live, we'll be in the middle of a stash bash inside of the My Simple Scrapper community. Members will have access to the classroom until April of 2021, so you still have plenty of time to join us and make progress on your own stash. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Hey, friends. I love these episodes because it's a time to just slow down a little bit and for me to catch up with all of you and find out what questions I can answer and how can I help you move forward in your hobby. So I posted over on Instagram, and if you're not following us there yet, it's at Simple Scrapper on Instagram. I posted there asking for your biggest, toughest questions about using, organizing, and decluttering your stash. And I got a range of really, really juicy ones. So I can't wait to dig into those with you. Our first question is, what is the best way for organizing kits? Do you break them up or do you store them together? This is probably one of the most common questions that I get. I've mentioned before, I've subscribed to a lot of kit clubs over the years, and I have some very particular opinions on this. So what I like to recommend is keeping two or three of them together. They don't even have to be your most recent two or three, but that's commonly what I would choose and make it a focus to use and create from those kits. Make that your center of attention. And then once you've used them, break them up. Now, what about all those other kits that maybe you haven't busted into yet? That's when I do recommend going ahead and breaking them up into your stash and storing them with other supplies. It doesn't really do anyone any good to keep just a mountain of kits because it just feels like an insurmountable hurdle. And I'd rather have you finding those supplies as you browse your stash rather than having them hidden inside all of those kits. So as much as I love kits, I recommend keeping a smaller number together that you can kind of keep as a focus and a challenge to work through and then break up all the rest. 
I hope that's helpful. All right, let's dive in to a similar but a little bit more complicated challenge. Die cuts, help, they are my only organizing challenge is what this follower writes. Someone else wrote, also, help my die cuts, doilies, and other little embellishments. They are a disaster. So this is where I recommend not over-organizing. It helps to really focus on these small items on having browsable little stashes. So that might look like little bowls or cardboard boxes. Um, It might look like little sleeves that you can pull out. I personally like to keep my die cut collections together, whether they came as a little bundle in a kit or I purchased a full pack. I like to keep those together because oftentimes I will use those together on a page. But I do like to then put them into this little embroidery floss binder. And I will include a link in the show notes to the blog post that I did about this. And it also includes links to a couple different options for purchasing this type of product. So think of it as like a little mini binder. It has two rings on it. And, and by mini, it's, it's small in dimensions, but mine is so fat right now because it has so many pages in it. And on the rings, instead of normal pages, you have basically baby Ziploc baggies. And all my die cuts fit into here. And I'm at the point now I probably need to buy a second one or I need to do a little bit decluttering. But this has been so amazing for helping me use my die cuts, keeping them corralled, and just really making sure I always have a home for them. So whatever solution you choose, uh, it's just important that it's something that's easy to browse so that when you you kind of have the mood of your layout in mind, maybe you have a color story in mind, you can quickly fit, flip through and look for that collection to pull out. So I hope that's helpful for you. All right, let's dive in now to stamps. How do you store stamps, specifically the clear sets? All right, so I have tried a number of things over the years. I think I have a YouTube video on this, and so I will share some pros and cons, and I will link that in the show notes. But just briefly here, I tried in a binder, and while I still have a subset of my stamps in a binder, it's the ones that I don't reach for very often. I found it a little bit frustrating from the perspective that I kept tearing the pocket pages. So what I did is I took a 6 by 8 binder, and I used uh, the four by six pockets and the three by four pockets, mostly the four by six. And I put all of my stamp sets in that. When they had both the front and back backing on them, if you you know what I'm talking about, the clear stamps have like the front with the design and then the back that kind of keeps it all together. If I had those all together and I put it in the pocket, they would just fall right out. Like the binder would even just lay flat and somehow they'd be pouring out of the top. So I had this genius idea to take off the backing. And so I put them in the pockets and they stayed. Of course they stayed because basically you're replacing one sheet of plastic with another. But it becomes difficult to get them out of the pockets. You kind of need to insert a card in behind it to have it release. And I just find that I kept tearing the pocket pages and it was just a little bit frustrating. If you have more patience than I do and you're comfortable kind of continuously using a card to it release the stamp from the backing, then I think it can work really well for some people. But for me, it was just a little too fussy. 
So I switched to uh, putting my clear stamps inside of pockets with a cardboard backing and a clear sleeve. And I have one or two sets in each sleeve, depending on the size, like three by four size sets or smaller, I will put two in a sleeve. And I will link to the product I use. I get them from Simon Says Stamp. I, I love this product. It's pretty inexpensive and it has just made it so much easier to just rifle through, pick the stamps that I want, use it, replace it, and then put it, you know, put it back in my container and move on. It's a little bit more bulky than, say, the binder solution, but for me, it really is what works best and what I tend to recommend most to others these days. It's really worth it uh, if you're a stamp lover to make something that's easy to sort through. All right, moving on now to a sticky question. What do we do with all this washi? If you're like many scrapbookers, you've accumulated a lot of washi tape over the years and I recently did a big purge because I found I, there were two things that were happening with my older washi tapes. Uh, one, they were becoming so sticky and gummed up. Basically, the, the roll was melting together and I couldn't tear it apart anymore because it was just gross in the sticky direction or the opposite, that it had lost all of its sticky and it was just almost like paper now. Um, I want to give you permission to start discarding some of your washi that isn't living up to the expectations anymore because that is going to happen. Some of these products aren't meant to live forever, particularly if you're not, you know, maybe they haven't been as climate controlled or maybe they're just old. It's okay to just let it go. Maybe buy some more. So I have pretty much started fresh on my washi tape collection and it's exciting to get new things because you don't, it's hard to use up a full tape. I think the only rolls that I've used up have been one that was a wood grain and one that was a cork because I love just, you know, very neutral textures and colors there. But everything else, you know, you use some and then you buy more later. So take this as an opportunity to maybe let it go, whether it's appropriate to throw away or appropriate to donate and restart your collection because you want to be happy and you want to have stuff that it's not going to frustrate you. You will hear that again and again. That's every single option I've shared here for these organizing solutions has been about minimizing frustration. Um, you know, maybe in some world I should have made my brand about being a lazy scrapbooker because that's really ultimate what I am is I don't want to have any barriers to getting started and having creative success. So my brand of simple is doing what really works for you and is uncomplicated and unchallenging, if you will. All right, let's move into the second half of our questions here. So how do you store various sized pieces of memorabilia with a project, in particular the things that are larger than a, you know, a letter-sized piece of paper? So I have a couple different solutions here. Um, let's just start with the things that are smaller. If you, if you do want to incorporate memorabilia in your project, um, if you can put it in the pocket pages, even if it's temporary pocket pages, so anything that's 12 by 12 or smaller, put just stick it in a pocket page so you have it there with your project. Now, let's say you're working on a photo book. Maybe you want to have just like a little collection of things, and maybe it's okay to just have the memorabilia for the project 
be a, a little box, a little, you know, one of those iris containers, whether it's one of the four by six ones up to the 12 by 12 ones that has your memorabilia. And then maybe you put your photo book in that container to, to supplement that and tell the rest of the story. Now, if you have, you know, 12 by 12 or larger memorabilia, things that just are kind of clunky. Um, for example, I have a flip chart drawing that my daughter did, and I have a very clear vision of what I'm going to do with that. So I'm going to first I'm going to photograph it, probably going to set up my studio lights, but you don't obviously not everyone has that. Um, if you can just get clean, natural light, put it in an area where it's well lit and evenly lit from all directions and take a really nice photo of it. If it's of a certain size, you could, of course, scan it. But something that's large like this, basically it's a poster, take a photo and then bring that into your photo software and print it out at a smaller size. So I'm going to end up printing this, you know, poster size drawing at about 8 by 10 and then framing it and hanging it on the wall. So that's one of my favorite ways is if you can photograph or scan an item, this is particularly helpful for more three-dimensional pieces of memorabilia. You can then include the photo of that item at a much smaller scale in your project. Now, if there is particular memorabilia where it doesn't make sense or you really don't want to photograph it, then there are kind of artist portfolios that are, you know, poster size that have handles on them. And I do have a number of items uh, in one of those in my basement. Most of those things are actually from my own childhood, things that I, you know, transported from my family home. And I will continue to use that to add Emily's items that are of that larger size that I want to keep for a long time. So that's another way that you can keep larger memorabilia. It's not necessarily storing it with the project. Maybe you can add a little sticky note to it or some sort of notation to, to, to know what it connects to. Um, because it's, it's not going to always be feasible to store something that's quite large with your scrapbook album or photo book. All right, I hope that gave you some ideas of different approaches that you can take for memorabilia. All right, moving on here. Do you have any suggestions for organizing digital scrapbook supplies that isn't by kit or by designer? So, I mean, the, this is a challenging question because I think if you do not prefer to see your supplies by kit or maybe kits in a designer folder, then you're going to be in a situation where you're ready for software that allows you to tag your supplies. Uh, just like with my photos, I prefer to keep them together. So my photos are organized by month, and I prefer to organize my digital scrapbook supplies in the kit in which I purchased them. But if you want to start organizing them that by theme or color, um, season, if you have other directions that you want to go, this is where tagging can really, really be helpful. Um, you can use Lightroom, you can use Photoshop Elements, you can use ACDC. There's a number of softwares out there that allow you to tag your supplies just like you would your photos in order to see them outside of the folders they live in. So at the most simple level, I recommend still keeping them in folders and then using tags as a top layer, as a, it's a basically an artificial layer um, on your computer so that you can browse them easier. All right, this next question I think is my favorite. So the follower writes, we're moving and I'll have a bigger space for crafting. Doesn't that sound so awesome? 
Do you have any general ideas on how to organize my stash? I do. I have lots of ideas. So first off, I want you to think about what are the things that you want to have close at hand. So I would start with what is the workspace? Where do I want to sit? And what are all the situations in which I'm going to want to sit? And, you know, if you're someone like me, I had to make decisions about where can I sit and create and then also film over my table. So if you're somebody who likes to share online like I do, that may be a consideration. Even if you're just participating in other groups and you want to be able to share readily, you might your creating surface might be close to your computer or it might not be at all. So that's what you need to think about first is, okay, where are you sitting or standing to create? And then what are those areas within a literal arm's reach? And what are the supplies that you want to have close at hand? Like, you know, um, scissors and trimmers, adhesive, pens and pencils and markers, um, rulers, uh, maybe your favorite inks and stamps that the ones you use all the time, like just those core tools and having those easily accessible so you're not always jumping further away. And then think of kind of, so you're kind of thinking in layers here in a bubble around your workspace. Okay, so then beyond those essential tools, what are the the supplies that you reach for all the time? So for example, I am constantly pulling out my letter stickers uh, because I have I have two big bins of letter stickers and word stickers, and I am using those for every single layout. So I have those where they can easily be pulled off the shelf, put on a table, and sorted through so that I can use them on my next page. They're really easily accessible for me. If they were somewhere else in my space or I had to move something, then I may not I might find frustration or I'd put it off and I wouldn't I wouldn't jump into my layout and keep creating because I had a barrier in the way. So to think about what is that next layer of fundamental supplies that you want to be able to rifle through easily and have easy access to. I mentioned earlier um, when we were talking about the die cuts in terms of having things quickly accessible and easily, uh, you know, fingerable so that you can brush through really, really easily. I think there's this tendency when we're organizing to not think about how we create. And some of us, while we might prefer to have more closed storage because it's more aesthetically pleasing to the eye, you want things put away. But then is that creating a barrier to being able to actually use those items? So you may want to think about the balance that you need between open and closed storage. I need to have a lot of open storage so I know that it's there and I can access it easily. And then I would think about, you know, what is that the additional layer of all the other stuff, stuff that I'm willing to maybe, um, that maybe I don't access as often, you know, specialty tools or things you want to keep maybe just for, for a holiday scrapbooking, um, extras of things like backups of photo paper or inks, things that maybe can be tucked away further because they're not things that you're reaching for week in and week out. You, you know where they are, but they, they have a specific home that's more put away. So I would think about that. Think in terms of circles from your core workspace and also think about open versus closed storage. And then also, as you are moving into your space, 
really think about what is it that you really use and how you scrapbook and only include those items in your space. If you can, as you're packing before your move, it's great to think about it. I know that's not always feasible. Uh, But if you, at some point before you reset your space, can filter your stash as you bring it in, you'll have a much better experience going forward. All right. Thank you for that question. Now we are on to your last one. How do you keep your craft space clean? I can always organize, but I find upkeep is the hard part. I agree 100%. It is hard. I can't say I do always keep my craft space clean. I tend to have a lot of external home clutter that gets in the way. Like, for example, now I can see I have um, a book that I brought in here to share on a live. I have an extra laptop. I've got a receipt. There's, I'm just, you know, just looking at the things that are hanging. Oh, there's a stuffed animal and a hairbrush on my other side. So I tend to accumulate life clutter that often will be a surface layer on top of my actual scrapbook clutter. So that's a barrier. Um, So I like to, once in a while when I'm starting to feel like it's getting a little messy, oftentimes it's that life clutter that needs to be put away. And then I can tackle the crafty clutter that's left. And I try really hard after each session, each layout I finish or each session of creating to go ahead and put things away. And it can be so frustrating. The last thing you want to do is to put all those sticker sheets back in the sleeves and put everything away. But it makes such a big, huge difference the next time you sit down to create because your space is more open and ready for you to create again. You know, oftentimes, even if I'm making, you know, multiple layouts in a row, I will still kind of put everything back and reset before I start that next page because I know how much it helps and I don't want to have that much more of a a big mess at the very end. But I also think that it's okay to not have perfect organization. I always will have certain drawers where like, oh, that one is, it's okay for now, but I know it's going the wrong direction. And I know at some point I'm going to go through it and it'll be okay and I'll be able to sort it. For example, I just went through my daughter's sticker drawer. I knew it was getting to the point where we're having trouble opening the drawer. So I pulled it out. I went through everything. Uh, There was a bunch of things that could be trashed or recycled in there. And I was able to spruce it up. But it's okay to have things like that that you know you'll have to tackle later. It doesn't have to always be everything perfect at the same time. It shouldn't stop you from creating. Um, And then when it does stop you from creating, that's when you know it's time to tackle that one thing. But to set aside time for it and know that this is just the way life is. Just with the rest of our house, there will always be this endless cycle And just to accept and embrace that, the imperfection and the beauty of that, you know, the messiness of our life around us. That's just how things are. Things tend towards chaos and we can do our best. But the most important thing is just to stay connected to your stories and your hobby and keep creating and just tidy up as you go along. All right. Thank you guys so much for your questions. I appreciate it so much. I hope this was helpful definitely let me know in the comments. If you have any other questions at all, you can visit this episode on our website at simplescrapper.com slash SYW084. And I hope to see you inside our Stash Bash classroom. Take care, friends. And always remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.